0: In math, any any math nerds in here? I I, I was a math nerd. I loved math. I I, um, was going to be an engineer, been through like level three of calc and decided I didn't want to be an engineer. Um, But I love math. Now in math, a constant is a number that's fixed and known, unlike the variables in the equation which can change depending on the settings. In science, uh, learn this, (laughs) a constant... Uh, it is something in an experiment that doesn't change. So in your experiment, you have your constant and the v- different variables change to see how the outcomes change, but the constant always remains the same regardless of what around it changes. In parenting, a constant is your children talking. That really has nothing to do with this morning whatsoever. I just want to know if it's like that for anybody else because it never stops. Jerrica and I yesterday, we were flipping through our phone. There is a six-minute video of Cordelia just talking. <laughs> I, uh, she's doing. She's walking us through an exi- a science experiment that's created Literally six minutes. So, I just just wanted to know. Throw that out there. Constant is defined as not changing or varying, uniform, regular, invariable, or continuing without pause or let up, unceasing, regularly, regularly, recurrent, continual, or persistent. In friendship, being constant is an absolute must. We have a responsibility to our friends to be unwavering, to be unmoving, to be persistent, to be unrelenting, to be loving, and to be there. We are better together when we are unwavering in our love and support for one another. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So here's the thing. Be constant. That's numero uno. We like our three points around here. At least I do. Point one, be constant. One of the greatest things that we can do in our friendships is being a constant force in that relationship. Is being there for them regardless of what's happening in our life or what's happening in their life. Being steady, being unchanging, and being there when they need us. Being able to count on someone and know what you're going to get from them allows you to rely on them, and it will allow others to rely on you. When they say, Paul is like this, and he will be there, and I know he will be, then trust builds, and that relationship strengthens, and I can be there when they need them, and they know that they can depend on me, and that only strengthens the good that we can do in the world around us. And we'll we'll talk more about that. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes to the church of the Corinthians about the resurrection. And he speaks about the victory that they have, that, that's been won for them by Christ. In verse 58, he states, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that you're, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Now, I'll be real honest. The resurrection, the victory that we have in the resurrection, and what Paul's talking about here doesn't exactly line up 100% with friendship. Okay, but there's an underlying principle there that does. That when we are unmoving and that when we are steadfast and when we are confident in our relationships and we're there for people, when we're constant and when we act out in faith, we reap the benefits. So just like Paul's talking to the church and he says, hey, when you're steadfast and immovable, you will reap the benefits. Your labor is not in vain. In friendship, it's the same way. One of those benefits that we receive is that we have someone there for us when we need them. Now, we've talked a lot in the series about how friendship is reciprocal, right? What goes around kind of comes around. And when we, when we put that effort into relationships, that, that effort often comes back to us. And so in our times of need, when we need somebody to lean on, if we've never been that person for somebody else, we may find ourselves missing out on that thing that we need. But when we are a constant force in relationships and we are that dependable person and people know that they can rely on us, oftentimes they're there for us when we, can, when we need to rely on them as well. Second benefit is this, gaining the trust of others. Now, this applies, like if you just think of this idea, it applies well beyond the Christian walk Christian relationship. Just think about work for a second, right? If you go into work and your boss knows that every day so-and-so is going to be on time, and they're going to give me consistent effort, and they're going to do their best, and they're, they're going to be, you know, even keel. They're not too high, not too low. They just come in. They put their nose to the grindstone. They get their work done. That boss tends to lean on you more, right? They trust you more, and then you start to get you know, important projects, or they they give things that are uh, important for the company or or for your work to you to do because they know that you will do the job well because you've built that trust with them. And then the promotions come and things get better and and you start to move up. At least that's how it's supposed to work. Some of you are like, I'm that way and nothing happens, and I apologize for that because it's not how it's supposed to work. But to give yourself that chance in your work life and in other areas of your life, you have to to be that constant force to reap that reward. Now, when we look at friendship and we we look at how that relates to Christianity, right? When, When we are this way, we have ministry in our friendship. I don't think we often look at it like that. Like friendship is a ministry. Anytime that you can show the love of Christ, anytime you can show the character of Christ, anytime you can bring somebody back to Christ, and I'm not just talking about salvation here, I'm talking about just centering them, bringing them back to equilibrium in Christ. Anytime you can do that, you have ministry. And there's greatness in that friendship. And you have to be a constant force in order for that to take place. And we need to mimic God in the way that we live because here's the thing, God is constant. Point number two. I know Spanish. You're welcome. God is constant. God never wavers, and actually is something that he's quite proud of, and he should be. Now, I want to be very clear on this. I'm not saying that God never changes his mind. Okay, I'm not saying that with prayer and petition, things and situations don't change. I'm just talking about in his character, in his promises, God is unwavering. In Exodus 3, Moses, this is the famous I am statement, right? Moses is like, God says, hey, Moses, I want you to go lead the Israelites out. And he's like, who the heck am I supposed to tell him sent me? Like, I'm, you know, I'm nobody. And he said, tell them I am sent you. What God's saying in, the, in this very statement is telling them that the constant is sending you. God was, he is, and he will be. God never changes. In Exodus 3.15, it goes a little further down. He gives them another name. He, this, listen to this. He says, God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, he sent me to you. This is my name forever and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. I'm the same now as I was then. You know, when Abraham got in trouble and Isaac got in trouble and Jacob got in trouble and all these guys got in trouble and they needed to be delivered and they needed somebody to be there for them, I was there for them and our friendships we need to be the exact same way. I remember when I had this happen. I had to have surgery and so-and-so was there for me. And then I went through a divorce and so-and-so was there for me. And then I struggled with addiction and so-and-so was there for me. And now I need somebody to lean. I need somebody to go to. I'm, I'm struggling with put in the situation. I know that I can go to that person because they have been there for me. And that's what God wants to say. Look at my past. Look at my track record. Look at the history and have confidence in what I say I will do and who I say that I am. Our friendships work the exact same way. If you're everywhere, if you're all over the place, people will like you. They may involve you in things, but they will not depend on you. They will not go into a deep relationship with you because who knows what's going to happen? Like, who knows where Ted's going to be on Friday? Monday, Ted was happy. Thursday, Ted was blowing stuff up. Like, calm down, Ted. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is the inconsistency that, that we can have in friendships, right? Like, if we're only there for people when things are going great for us, what good is that? And then when we look and we say, man, I'm struggling with this. I need somebody. And they're like, yeah, now's not a good time for me. Just like two months ago, it wasn't a good time for you when I was struggling with so-and-so. I'm saying so-and-so a lot today. Use that in your vocabulary. It's a good, strong statement. But when we're constant, right, and we, we build that relationship with others and we, we have that connection, then we don't have to go through things alone. Point numero tres. I'm getting more Spanish by the, by the point here. Don't go it alone. Listen, it's not like you get more points for struggling through things all by yourself. You don't. You just don't. It's not like when you get up to heaven, God's like, hey, here's your crown. I put an extra little ruby in it because you always went through everything by yourself. Congratulations. There, there's no benefit to that except for extra stress. Stress. God wants us to share the burden with people around us. I mean, that's the gist of this whole series, right? Is is that we have to be okay. We have to get past the idea that we have to struggle with everything alone. That we are better together because we can lean on one another. We can grow with one another. Things can get better through relationship. Being a lone wolf, I mean, there is a certain strength to it, but... Where's the good? I will tell you from personal experience that I, I have always felt better about things when I had somebody else to go through them with. When I felt alone and I felt isolated, that's when things really seemed to be too much and my world around me seemed to crumble. Paul encouraged the church at Philippi to go beyond themselves. In Philippians 2.4, he says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. So my question is this. In your life, do you care about the interest of others? Are you a person that's singular, that's inward focused, that's just, hey, this is what I want to do, and so this is what's going to be done? And if you are that way, tell me how well it's worked for you in your life. Because I know at times in life when I've been that way, it hasn't worked out so well. So if you figure out the secret formula, maybe write a book, make some money. But being inwardly focused is not what Scripture calls us to be. In 1 Corinthians 12, 26, we're called to empathy, stating that if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. We don't hesitate to celebrate successes with others, right? Like, hey, I graduated school, I got a promotion, I got a raise, we bought a new house, we did this, we did that, we're celebrating, like, we're all pumped about that stuff. And we should be. I'm not like coming down on us for being excited about good things that happen in life. Like, yeah, be excited. Share that with others. We should be happy in those situations. But then when we flip the coin and it's like, man, I'm struggling right now. I'm going through some things. I need help. We somehow like circle the wagons around ourselves and try to suffer through these things alone. We share our successes, but we keep the things that are burdening us to ourselves. But when one member succeeds, we all rejoice. And when one member is struggling, then we all feel that pain too. We are in this together. As Point Church, I want nothing more than for us to, to see that. And listen, I'm, I'm not saying that we don't do I feel like we do a really good job of that. I really do. I feel like when one of our own is struggling like we do, we reach out, we seek to help, we, we, we want to, to, to be a positive support in their life. But we can't be that if we're not open about the times when we need things like that to happen. And I know that nobody wants to be a burden, but you're not a burden. Galatians 6, 2 and 5. Now, these two verses look like two totally different things here, okay? So bear with me, because Paul, Paul, the, the author of Galatians, does something really interesting here. He uses... Uh, two different words. In two, he says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bearing another one's burdens is fulfilling the law of Christ. And then in verse 5, he says, For each of you will have to bear his own load. Wait a minute, Paul. <laughs> What'd you say before? So in the Greek, he uses two different words here, right? He uses one word for burdens and another word for load. And they had two totally different meanings. Now, your burdens are something that you just can't possibly get through alone. And we all have those situations. The load is what you're reasonably expected to carry on your own. Right? So we're talking about normal, everyday things like paying rent and doing, you know, like that, that's your load. Sometimes you may need help with that. And sometimes we do. But your burdens... Your burdens are something that you're never supposed to go through alone. So whether that's some emotional struggle you have, or whether that's major surgery, or major financial hardship, or whatever situation that you can think, we need to know the difference. There's things that, yes, we're expected to handle on our own, but there are also things that God knows that we cannot handle by ourselves, and that's okay. And the reason I mention that is because oftentimes, like most often, what's most common is that we treat everything like it's the load. We treat everything like it's a thing we're supposed to handle all by ourselves. And we don't ever look at anything as a burden because we can always point to somebody who has it worse, right? Now, perspective is a good thing. Perspective is a good thing. But just because your struggle may not equate to someone else's in your mind does not mean that it is not a burden for you. And it is okay to step out in those times and say, I am burdened by this and I need help. Whether that help is just prayer. Whether that help is a friendship, counsel. Whatever it may be, it's it's okay to to do that. Your friends want you to do that. God wants you to do that. The last half of 17 where it says, always love your friends, right? But But a brother is born for adversity. Remember how last week we talked about how Christ is the friend that's closer than a brother? How that, that who he is is like the epitome of what a friend should be? That, that he is the fulfillment of that scripture? And then this week we, we, we are told that a brother is born for adversity. Jesus is born for adversity. I think that it's not a leap to make that statement. So here, here, here's a question, because I've been asking a few questions, but here's, here's an honest question. When you are burdened, where do you turn first? Where do you turn first? Is it Christ? Is it Christ? Honesty time? The thing that the pastor is never supposed to admit? For me, it's not. Now, I don't say that isn't it never is, but I'm saying that Jesus should always consistently be the first place that we turn. When I'm burdened by something, the first place that I should go is Jesus. And it's not. Not all the time. It is sometimes. It's something that I'm working toward to, you know, always be better at. But Jesus should be the first place that we turn at all times when we are burdened by something. He is the brother born for adversity. What ends up happening is I I turn everything in on myself, right? I am one of those people that says I can handle it all. Like I can handle it all. I'm strong. I got broad shoulders. I can do this. Then I have a mental breakdown and you find me unclothed in the woods talking to a tree. (laughs) Because as it so turns out, you can't always handle everything all by yourself. Just so you know, that also never happened to me. I just want to be clear about that. We'll take that mental image far away. Now, we may all find it difficult to lean on other people. And I, I, trust me, I get that. I do. Like, I am as independent, I think, as they come. And we may all find it at times to lean on other people, but we should never, ever find it difficult to lean on Jesus. Ever. He was built for this. That's what he wants. I've got scripture to back it up. Ephesians 6.10 states, Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Where do you get your strength from? Because it should derive from Christ. And if it only comes from you, not doubting how strong of a person you are, mentally or physically, but you may find yourself come up short. Get your strength from Christ. Psalms 50, 55, 22 says, Cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. Sounds like something I said earlier. Matthew 11, 30 says, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isaiah forty one thirteen, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Psalm thirty four seventeen. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Now maybe my hearing is screwed up, but it sounds an awful lot like to me that God the Father and Christ the Son are asking to share in the the burdens that you have in life. Just sounds like that's what they want. Sounds like their goal is for you not to be alone in the struggles that you have in life. Sounds to me like the door is always open. Like there's almost this thing called prayer where we can speak directly to God and tell Him about our troubles and ask for strength and help and guidance. Now can you imagine partnering that with a friend here? Can you imagine partnering that with a friend here? I've been through a lot. You want to talk about it sometime? We can, but But for a 28 year old kid, if you want to call me a kid or old man for some of you, I've been through a lot. And I have to be completely honest if it wasn't for the combination of Jesus and God and friends, I would not be here. And I don't mean just here, I mean on earth. I would not be here. I've done a lot of stupid things in life. I've tried to tackle so many things all on my own, thinking that I would be strong enough to to do it. And I've been crushed by the weight of those things so many times because I didn't want to be a burden to anybody else. But here's the thing. To God and to Jesus, you are never a burden. You are a blessing. You are a joy. You are a privilege. And I will tell you this, because I say this with confidence, That to your friends, to your real friends, you are the same thing. And when you need them and you ask for them, you will find them there. Do not try to tackle life alone. No one wants you to do that. Not God, not Jesus, not your friends. Don't go through things alone. But if we aren't consistent in our relationships and we aren't constant in our efforts and in our love and our support for others, how can we ever expect to find that in return? Love your friends always. Lean on them in times of adversity. Let's pray. God, we come to you right now. We thank you. God, I thank you for who you are. Because you are a God that, quite frankly, needs nothing from us, and and yet you ask to be a part of our lives. God, you want to be involved. We are not a burden. You tell us that we are loved and adored and that we will be well taken care of. God, you ask us to be included in our lives and the decisions we make in our day-to-day. You want to know these things. So, Lord, I pray for everybody out there. God, that if there is a spirit among them of self-focus Whether that derives from selfishness or whether that just derives from the place of not wanting to burden others. God, I pray that you remove that. That you give us the strength to lean on others when we need to lean on others. That you give us the courage to step out in faith when we're struggling with things that are just too much to bear. Give us strength daily to lean on you. Help us to love like you love God unceasingly. With opening arms. Lord, I pray that every one of us has an opportunity to be the constant in someone's life. Help us to be a church that says when you struggle, we care and we will move. We ask all these things in your name. Amen.